Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. This is the Week in Review. It's Friday. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. This is a live trading desk. This is an educational show. I've been doing this 30 years, managing my own personal capital and professional capital. And what I'm doing on this show is I'm trying to share with you information I've gathered over 30 years of doing this. It's a live trading desk. I use this information to manage my own assets and that of other investors I work with. I'm not telling you how to manage your own portfolio. You've got to make those decisions on your own. What I am trying to do is share with you the power of algorithms in the millennial stock market. This is a new market. It doesn't function like your dad's stock market or your granddad's. It's driven by two key factors, central bank intervention and algorithmic execution. And so we try to keep on our trading desk with our own capital, we keep our eye on those two big picture items. We use our own proprietary algorithms to help us execute when to add risk, when to subtract it. And we, of course, follow what the Fed's doing closely. So today what I'm going to do is wrap up for you the week. We're going to go over the algorithms and see what they're saying about the big indexes and what that means for our risk exposure. Then we're going to drill down into our favorite group, which is the cannabis space. Now, we are, um, for those of you who are local to Florida. We're in Palm Beach. We're going to be at the Palm Beach Gardens Library on Tuesday of next week, six o'clock. I'm going to be holding a meeting or symposium really on investing in the cannabis space. Those of you who can join us, please come join us. It's free. Um, and I'm just going to share some thoughts with, um, with the audience about how important this investing theme is and how to benefit from it and really understanding the space. We're going to kind of break it down into cannabis investing 101, understanding what it is we're dealing with, what the different groups are, what the best stocks are at the moment, what best companies represent each space, what the risks are. So if you're local and you can join us, I'd love to see you at 6 o'clock Tuesday of next week, Palm Beach Gardens Library. And I'll post on Twitter the information again. Um, so we're going to get to this cannabis space later in the show. I'm going to go over with you some important news from the week that I think drives this investing narrative. And we're going to really drill down into one particular U.S.-based cannabis dispensary that we happen to like a lot. And they just had earnings yesterday. True Leave is the name of the company. I'm going to just share some information gathered from that conference call. All right. So, and then, then we're going to cut this short and get back to watching the Masters. I don't know if you guys are golf fans. I certainly am. And I love watching the Masters. So um, I'm taking it as much as I can. Don't forget it's a live trading desk. Sometimes I look off screen because I've got screens all around me and I'm, I'm actively managing capital today and every day when I do this show. Um, I'm just kind of giving you a little behind the scenes look at how it, how it looks to manage capital on a um, – professional and, and personal level. All right, without further ado, let's get to the indexes. 
First thing I want to say is nothing has changed. It comes to the end of the week and the markets look great. They continue to grind higher. We're in an uptrend. Central banks around the world are being as dovish as they can be. 2018 was a very difficult year in the market for one simple reason. The Fed was raising rates and being hawkish. Our Fed has flip-flopped. Now the Fed is saying there will be no need to raise rates the rest of the year. Central Bank of Europe is adding liquidity. The Japanese Central Bank adding liquidity. So we're, we're in the midst of that easy money, no Fed interference again. Um, and I hear a lot of people saying this time is different. It's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not how you invest. You don't invest trying to guess when it's going to be different. This time is almost never different. History just keeps repeating itself until something does change at some point in the future. But don't forget, our job is to be on the right side of probabilities and statistics when we make investments. The probabilities heavily favor, favor a market that keeps working higher when central banks are adding liquidity or, in, in a different way to put it, are in a dovish stance. So guessing when that that um, cycle is going to break and go the other way is putting yourself dramatically on the wrong side of statistics. Right? You might be right one out of 100 times, but you're going to be wiped out financially along the way. So we just don't do that. We use our algorithms to tell us when to add risk and subtract risk. Two weeks ago, full-on add risk. We added risk, we're making money as the market goes up. I don't care what the philosophy is of whether or not I think the market should go up. My opinions on what I think the central banks are doing, right or wrong, doesn't make me money. People's opinions on what the Fed is doing, oh, it's wrong, they shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make anybody money, and it has only lost money for a decade. It's because it constantly puts you on the wrong side of probabilities when you bet against the Fed. It's pointless. So our algorithms tell us at risk two weeks ago, we're adding risk. We have stops. We watch the market for deterioration underneath the scenes. If we don't get that, and our algorithms are constantly watching that, then we stay long the market and we look, we go to our whiteboard and we look for our favorite investment themes and, and then drill down to the favorite individual stocks and we build portfolios that way. Um, we don't make a lot of changes two weeks into a risk on. Two weeks ago, it was risk on for us on this trading desk. So we added all of our favorite names. We're fully invested. We have all of our exposure. Now we're just making money as the market goes up. We might adjust here or there. Something might hit a stop. We'll get out. We might add another name from the whiteboard that, that is, is um, where the algorithms are saying now is the right risk reward setup. But overall, the time to put capital to work was two weeks ago. And so we don't chase things as the market runs. <clears throat> we just keep monitoring the market for the health of the rally. And so that gets me to this, you know, this point. Um, this week was a 
bit of a consolidation week for the market, a couple big down days, a couple big up days, but really going nowhere. I like the fact that the market's trying to rally at the end of the week on a decent earnings announcement from uh, JP Morgan that starts the earnings cycle. Um, the end of the day is more important than the start of the day. So I really like to see where the market closes before I get too excited. But if the market closes on the strong side, then what we've had is a very constructive week and a new risk on buy opportunity. Which is to say, in an uptrend, I like to see weakness Monday and Tuesday, settles out Wednesday, close higher on Friday. That's what you're looking for in an uptrend. So that your weekly bar charts, you keep making new highs, right? And so you get the shakeouts early in the week. What we don't want to see is big run-ups early in the week and failures at the end of the week. So at the moment, we're looking at a decent move at the end of the week. We'll see where this market ends up today. I do want to say that um, during the days where the market was selling off, the leadership sector of the market hasn't suffered at all and keeps grinding higher. One of our favorite indexes to follow the leadership. I'm going to share this screen with you. Second. Okay. There's a screen capture I'm sharing with you of the, um, if you look at the top, top right-hand part, left-hand um, part of the screen, FFTY is the symbol. That's Innovator IBD50. It's the top 50 names based on the Investor's Business Daily uh, investing approach, which I highly recommend. If you, don't, if you don't know the Investor's Business Daily, I suggest you do some research into that website, IBD.com. Read the book, How to Make Money in Stocks by William O'Neill. It's the Bible, in our opinion. You can see our algorithm gets long FFTY back on the 4th of January, and it's been riding this index higher all the way since. It's a pretty big gain, over 20%. Okay? Um, what you have here is the, this green line is the 200-day moving average. You have a consolidation that lasted about a month, right, at the 200-day. You broke out above the 200-day a couple weeks ago. Um, that was on March 29th, and we've been grinding higher. This is what I wanted to kind of show you. So while the market had some, some dips and some stops and some starts this week, look what happened to the strongest sector of the market. It's just been grinding higher, grinding higher, grinding higher. Okay, these are the top 50 stocks, growth stocks. And so I, we, we really follow this closely. If this keeps moving higher like this, the rest of the market averages can have whipsaws back and forth, but money keeps moving into the biggest growth stocks, the best growth stocks. These aren't necessarily the biggest on market cap. They're just the, the strongest growth stocks. Okay, so wrapping up this segment, I would just say that we're still risk on. We don't see any, anything at the moment from this week's activity that would suggest caution or wanting us to take risk off the table. Not yet. I'd like to see how the market closes the week. I'd like for, to see the market close in the top half of its range for the day and for the week. And then that would just be another positive day in an uptrend. Okay, 
Let's get to some uh, news stories from the week for um, the cannabis space. And this has not been a good week for cannabis. Canadian stocks, U.S. companies, they've all sold off this week. They've suffered a little bit. It's kind of typical action. In a new investing theme, when you're at the beginning of an investing super cycle, you get a lot of volatility. You get stocks that overshoot. Then you have analysts that come out and downgrade. And that's what we had this week. Uh, yesterday, I think the Scotiabank analyst was downgrading the revenue expectations for cannabis, saying that it can't possibly grow as fast as the street is expecting. One of the reasons being, you know, there's, I think in Canada, those stocks got a little bit ahead of themselves because um, it's a growing market. There's growing pains. There's retail stores that have to open. There's a shortage of, of, of flour. I mean, um, so it's an enormous market opportunity, but you're going to get fits and starts along the way because the market always wants an investment theme to grow faster than it can. And so you get these huge run-ups and then, ooh, disappointment, some downgrades, sell back off to key support areas. And then you look as an investor to see how does the group do at key support areas. Um, I think today is a great example of uh, Canopy, for instance. It went down to the 200-day moving average yesterday, bounced off of it. Today, it's up about 5%. The story today is that uh, Canopy is being added to the TSX 60, kind of like the Dow Jones of the um, uh, Toronto Stock Exchange. It's the biggest index of the Toronto um, or Canadian market. And um, um, Canopy has been added. It's the first cannabis company to be added to that index. So it's a big deal. And it's very possible that that's going to help Canopy bottom right at the 200-day moving average. And if we get a risk on buy signal in that stock, we're going to be doubling and tripling our position. So we have a core position that's not overwhelming. So, you know, we, we kind of moved out of our big exposure uh, at higher prices. The market's broken down for these stocks led by Canopy as it sells off to the 200-day moving average. If it sets up a risk on buy opportunity at 200-day, we'll be all over it. We'll be adding to positions. I think the analyst in Scotia is right. I think everyone's over-anticipated what can be delivered. That's great. Let's bring down everyone's expectations in front of the earnings announcements. And let's use our algorithm to tell us when we should add risk. I'm just going to check something here. All right, the next earnings announcement for Canopy is the 19th of June. Okay. So you don't even have to worry about earnings right now. And what's happening is they're bringing down expectations in front of that earnings announcement, which is perfect if you want to be an investor in this group. And you, I've been preaching from the beginning, you don't want to chase these stocks. You want to buy weakness and then sell some into the strength so you can handle the volatility. There's a lot of risk investing in new investment themes. Volatility is huge. If you don't do it right, you're going to get blown out and frustrated and then miss the entire move. This is a three to five to 10 year opportunity. We don't know what's going to happen from week to week, even month to month. So what we do on our desk is find what our core position size can be 
where we can handle the volatility, then increase it on weakness and reduce it on strength while holding the core. That's our approach. But that's a big deal for, for, for Canopy. So that's why the stock's up 5% today. And, you know, it occurs right at the 200 days. So that looks good. Another piece of a news announcement. We saw Rite Aid today come out and announce they're going to be releasing CBD products along with Walgreens and CVS. So all the big um, um, drugstore retailers are starting to roll out CBD products. It's a big positive. Does it make the stocks go up today? No. But it's just another piece to the puzzle. Um, I thought it was very important yesterday. Attorney General Barr was being interviewed again on Capitol Hill. And he made it very clear he's not going to be an enemy of cannabis. He doesn't recommend abolishing um, from the federal level, the cannabis um, laws, but he thoroughly backs the States Act. And I think he made it clear that the federal government's not going to be going after cannabis businesses in states where it's legal. So we could take that risk off the table, you know, there was a bit of risk there. Sessions left. They brought in this guy, this guy. Now Barr comes. Is there going to be, you know, uh, is he a hawk against cannabis? No, he's not. He's going to step aside. He's going to let government and states figure it out. And he, he backs the state's act. And that just helps the state's act get the ball rolling. We don't know when that ruling will come through. But we continue to see it move down the line. And that's positive for us. Um, another way to figure out whether or not these stocks are bottoming when they sell off like this is to look at how the stocks act when they're downgraded. Today we had a downgrade. I shouldn't even say a downgrade. A, a, a brokerage firm picked up coverage of Telray. Now that stock's been getting its head handed to it, and it's been one of the worst stocks, and we don't own it in our portfolio, and we haven't for months. It's just been going straight down. The reason we don't own it, we love Telray. I think it's a great idea. But the problem is you had the short squeeze that took the stock from 30 to 300 and completely, you know, changed the narrative on that stock price. It was impossible to figure out what the real value is. And they're just unraveling that. So we're going to stay away from now, but eventually it's a stock we want to own. So an analyst picked up coverage today with a sell recommendation on Telray. And um, the stock's down 22 cents. Stock was up a minute ago. So the reaction to downgrades is more important than the downgrade itself. If a company gets downgraded and its shares end up at the end of the day, it tells you that it's washed out. I mean, this analyst is late. He should have picked up coverage when the stock was 100 with a downgrade. It's already in the 50s. Is it in the 50s? Yeah, 53. So the guy's way late. So I'm curious to see how it behaves at the close today. And if it's actually up, on a day with a downgrade, it tells you you're getting close to a washout on the downside. All right, I'm going to wrap up so we can get back to the masters. I'm going to wrap up with True Leaf. True Leaf's the biggest dispensary in Florida. They have 49 licenses. They're going to be opening up stores. I'm going to give you some details from the conference call yesterday. 
Big picture, it was a phenomenal conference call. They're killing it. Oh, full disclosure, I own the stock, okay? We own it for clients. I could sell it tomorrow. This is not a recommendation for you to run out and buy TrueLeave. I'm just literally sharing with you what I do every day in my investment process. And a big part of that is to get on the phone with management teams to cover conference calls, to be on conference calls and participate with earnings announcements or any other big announcements. So we have a list of companies we follow and we do that research and I'm sharing with you information I gathered from that meeting. Okay, I'm just going to rattle off a couple things that I thought were important on that conference call. First of all, it was a blowout quarter. Um, a lot of other retailers are trying to get, dispensaries are trying to get into the Florida market. It's probably one of the best markets, if not the best market, I think, in the country. It eventually over time. I think it'll even be, end up being better than California, which with their ridiculous government seems to be messing up that, uh, that business a bit. And I've avoided things like MedMen, stocks like MedMen are focused almost 100% on California. And that company is you know, running out of money and needs to raise capital. And it's because California and their progressive liberal um, uh, thoughts on uh, everything has completely screwed up a very simple business. Um, it's different down here in Florida. We have a pretty good state government that understands how to roll out this process. TrueLeave's the biggest player. Other guys are getting licenses. One thought is, will TrueLeave start to lose some of its dominance? And the answer this quarter, at least, was no. They actually gained market share, even though competitors have come into the market in the last couple quarters. They have a 67% market share in Florida, which is up this quarter even as competitors come in. It's a real juggernaut, this company. Love the management team. We're going to be making a trip to, ha to Tallahassee to sit down and chat with management in May. But from this conference call, let me just say a couple of things. During 2018, just to give you the idea, the scale, what's going on in this business, they went from 20,000 registered customers to 118,000. It's a six-fold increase in a year. And that's just medical marijuana. Think about that. That's massive growth for the entire industry and this company in particular. 27% sequential revenue growth quarter to quarter. Not year over year, but quarter to quarter, sequential. Wall Street loves sequential growth like that. The Florida market is expected to be a $1.7 billion cannabis market by 2022, and that does not include recreational use. That's a massive market. Um. Let me um, just share one other piece of information from the call. And I thoroughly suggest you guys get on the call. You can go to their website and you can listen to the replay of the webcast. Do your own homework when it comes to doing this research. I just try to share with you what I'm doing, the homework I'm doing. You, you need to take 
responsibility for your own portfolio, unless you're literally working with me, in which case I'll do it for you. But if you're doing it on your own, you have to take the responsibility and do the work. There's no shortcuts here. Get on the conference call, listen to what they were saying. I'm just pulling out a couple of key pieces I thought were important, and I'm going to end with this. There's a push inside of the Department of Health of Florida to address the opioid crisis in Florida by allowing physicians to prescribe medical marijuana for opioid patients. That's a huge market. But I even big picture it. I, I get even bigger than, the, than just the market opportunity from that. For, for those of us who are already true believers that there's going to be a States Act passed, that we're, we're going to get the Banking Act passed, that U.S.-based cannabis businesses will, will be able to grow exponentially, there'll be... Um, big corporations, Canadian corporations that are able to come into this market and start buying up these companies when all of these legislations pass, right? Some people say it's not going to pass. And I, I say to those people, or they say there's a big risk in whether or not it passes, and we don't know what politicians are, are going to do. And I agree with you, but I submit to you this thought, and I'll leave it for the weekend and for the masters. Follow the money. States are pulling in a lot of tax revenue. Every government's going to want a piece of that from the state level to the federal level. That's number one. Number two, the single biggest area of jobs growth last year were cannabis jobs. They're growing at an exponential rate. If you're a politician, you're trying to put people to work. You want the employment numbers to get even better. And you've got a business where employment's exploding. So you want to nurture that. Farming of hemp, will it save the farming in the U.S.? No. But obviously, farming for hemp, farming marijuana, is going to be a big benefit to the farming community. You'd like for those people to vote for you. The president has said, as has everybody acknowledged, we have a major opioid crisis in this country. There are initiatives on the state level and the federal level to deal with it. If Florida Department of Health passes the, the necessary laws to allow physicians to treat opioid addiction with medical marijuana, the sky is the limit. What politician wouldn't help push through the States Act, the Safe Banking Act? What president wouldn't sign that bill if for no other reason than to help address the opioid crisis? We are at the very beginning of an investing super cycle for cannabis companies. And there's going to be tough weeks. This week's not a nice week. Stocks are down. That's okay. When we started investing in the internet stocks in the early 90s, Yahoo was one of our first investments. The stock was 30. It went to 15 in three months. 
seven years later, it was $450 a share. You have to deal with the volatility. Don't get overextended in the space. Use weakness to add to positions. Use strength to book some profits. Hold a core where you can manage the volatility. Manage your risk. But be able to benefit from this massive opportunity. That's what we're doing on our trading desk. I hope this has been helpful. I wish you guys a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. Take care. <laughs>